Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Welcome to Face Connecticut, an in-depth look at today's issues. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Face Connecticut on WTIC News Talk 1080, 96.5 TIC-FM and Light 100.5 WRCH. Aaron Kupek with you this Sunday morning and we are pleased to be joined by Kevin Dillon, Executive Director of the Connecticut Airport Authority. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning. Great to be with you. Well, the Airport Authority's crown jewel, so to speak, is Bradley International Airport in Windsor Locks. There's some construction going on up there. Let's start with an update on that. Absolutely. We have a lot of big plans for Bradley Airport. Uh, We just completed a new master plan. Uh, We have it in front of the FAA right now for approval. Uh, But that master plan covers the next 20 years of development at Bradley Airport. And we're expected to invest uh, over $1.4 billion uh, into the airport. So we are anticipating a lot of construction uh, moving forward. Uh, But some of the preliminary projects uh, that we're talking about are underway right now. And if you've been to the airport recently, you've seen that the airport entrance roadway off of the connector off of 91 uh, is under major construction right now. Uh, That's really being done for a couple of reasons. First and foremost, uh, it's being done to enhance the capacity of the roadway coming into the airport. As we continue to grow the airport, that's going to be very, very important. But it's also considered an enabling project uh, because it's freeing up space for our new ground transportation center uh, at the airport. And that, that new ground transportation center, which is roughly a $210 million project, is expected to start later this year. Uh, we're finalizing our agreements with the rental car companies that essentially are going to be paying for this new facility. And then once that's done, we'll be out in the bond market issuing the bonds to, to move forward with the construction. So when this is complete, if you need to get a rental car, you can do it without getting on a shuttle. Absolutely. That's one of the the major moves behind this project. Uh, We're going to take all of the rental car operations that today are scattered in and around the airport and consolidate them in this one facility that will be easily accessible from the existing terminal building as well as a future terminal building that we're, we're planning. So uh, the good news is you'll never have to take a, a bus to get your rental car again at Bradley Airport. We think that's a major, major customer service improvement. Uh, but this facility is also going to have some public parking. So we're going to have some additional covered parking coming to the airport, as well as it's going to have a component that we refer to as a transit center. And what we mean by that is a location within this facility where we can process high occupancy vehicle modes coming onto the airport. Principally, what we're looking to do is to connect the airport to the new improved rail service coming up on the Hartford line. Uh, But we also want to tie in regional bus services and process those passengers right at this location where you can buy a bus ticket or a train ticket, uh, maybe even have your your baggage processed right at that location when you're coming onto the airport. So very, very important component for us moving forward. What's the timeline for the transportation center? Well, once we start construction, it's expected to be a three-year construction period. So uh, we, we feel very confident that we can complete it in that time frame. Certainly things are, are subject to change, but over the coming decades, what else might be in store for Bradley? 
Well, we do envision at, at one point uh, we will have to progress into constructing a new terminal building if we can continue to grow on the pace that we're growing right now, although we're trying to push that out as far as possible. You know, most airports look to defer as much capital construction as possible to keep their cost structure in check. That's very, very important when you're competing with other airports to attract airlines. But we do know at some point we'll have to move forward with that new terminal building. In today's dollars, that's anticipated to be about a half a billion dollars to construct uh, a new facility. Uh, but if, we can, if we're successful, we will push that construction out beyond 2025. Right. So one of the things that we're doing right now is working with the existing facility to really try to enhance the efficiency. Right. We're very focused on customer service within the building, but we're also undertaking projects that really extend the useful life of the building and enhance the efficiency of the building. One of the principal things that we're in the middle of doing right now is installing what's called common use terminal equipment where we can have multiple airlines using single ticket counter locations. So that allows us to bring additional carriers in, additional flights, but not have to expand the space. It just makes greater use of the space that's there. But also other projects such as uh, the completion of the new elevator that we just installed, enhancing the vertical circulation uh, in the building. We're doing a lot of aesthetic improvements to our bad claim level. Uh, we're making improvements to the ticketing level as well. And we also want to look at passenger flows throughout the building. You know, one of the goals that we have is to grow Bradley Airport to a 10 million passenger airport. I truly believe we can reach that based upon our market demographics. But as you get to those numbers, you want to make sure that the hallmark of what makes Bradley successful stays in place, and that's our convenience. So we want to make sure that we can continue to grow, but our passengers continue to, to find Bradley the best-kept secret, the most convenient airport in the region. You're looking to hit the $10 million per year mark. Where are you now, and where does that compare to, say, Logan? Last year, we handled uh, about 6.7 million passengers. And if you go back to the peak year for Bradley Airport, that was actually back in 2006. Back then, the airport handled 7.2 million passengers. So we still have uh, a little ways to go before we get back to that peak year. But again, as I look at the market demographics, and, and we define our market as a 90-minute drive from Bradley Airport, there's over 4 million passengers that live uh, within that market area. And that's a very, very attractive uh, market area to offer to airlines and keep them interested in investing in Bradley Airport. So when you do look at that level of population, we could easily get to the 10 million passengers if we continue to get the airlines uh, to put flights and enhance their route structure. You know, we're never going to be the size of the New York airports. We're never going to be the size of Logan. You know, Logan is well beyond 30 million passengers. Uh, they're probably closing in on 40 million passengers. Um, we're never going to be that size. Uh, we're never going to have the route structure. But again, the thing that Bradley will have that New York and Boston will never have is convenience. And that's convenience of getting to the airport. That's convenience of navigating the airport. And that's just convenience of utilizing the facility. We think that's very, very important. And every project that we undertake is with an eye towards enhancing and, and really capitalizing on that, that very important strength. You mentioned the the improvements to the terminal facility itself. How would you say it's performing, and what would you say you are at in terms of capacity when it comes to, to airlines? Yeah, I, I, today, I mean, the, the, the terminal is suiting us well. Um, the, the one thing that we're looking to enhance, though, is the level of concession space. Uh, you know, when the terminal was originally constructed by the state a number of years ago, 
it seems like there wasn't a whole lot of thought put into the need for some of the miscellaneous services that an airport has to have. So if we're challenged anywhere, it's challenge, uh, you know, in, in terms of having available space to bring concessions in. Uh, we have a lot of concessions that would love to serve the airport. It's just a matter of making that space available. So one of the things we are giving consideration to is doing a very small addition uh, to the existing terminal building to increase that concession space. We even looked at uh, the potential of taking gates out of service to bring concessions in. But, you know, that becomes uh, uh, not not the best uh, approach in terms of trying to address that. So we are going to be looking at, uh, as I said, a small addition to the building to increase the concession space. Looking at the past 20, 30 years, really the expectations of passengers has evolved over that time period, hasn't it? It really has. Um, and, I, and I think, uh, quite frankly, the airlines do a much better job today than they did 20, 30 years ago addressing uh, customer needs and concerns. Uh, take, for example, even uh, during a snowstorm, how passengers can now connect with the airline. You know, when I started in this business back in 1975, back at LaGuardia Airport, uh, you really had no way to reach out to a passenger on a flight. So you'd hear those horror stories about, you know, thousands of people being stranded in a terminal building. That's really non-existent today because airlines get very proactive in terms of either canceling a flight or delaying a flight and keeping their passengers informed, either via social media or direct contact with cell phones or texting. Um, so they do a much better job at that. I think you also see, um, quite frankly, most airports have moved to a significant amount of automation. I think at the end of the day, uh, where the airlines are looking to go is that there doesn't have to be any direct interaction with a ticketing agent at an airport uh, going forward. You can check in right at the airport. You can check in at home. Uh, you can come to the airport and actually check your own bag. Um, so the automation, I think, is speeding things up. I mean, that's very, very important for our business travelers at Bradley. We have a very high percentage of business travelers coming through the airport. And time is money. Uh, speed and convenience is what they're looking for. As you noted, continued passenger growth is certainly tops on the list for priorities for 2019. What else is on that list? Again, I, I think the name of the game really does come down to service development, because when you think it through, everything good that occurs at an airport stems from a very healthy airline route structure. That means airlines are putting seats into the airport, the seats are generating passengers, and passengers are generating revenue. And the revenue is what allows us to do all of the improvements that we're looking to do uh, at Bradley Airport. So there will continue to be a very concentrated focus on air service development. We have a number of cities that we're going to be chasing both domestically and internationally, uh, where we think we have a great shot uh, at convincing airlines to come in. But beyond the air service uh, development, it really is about customer service improvement. And that really, in our case, translates into facility improvement. And that's why this ground transportation center is so important. The roadway projects are so important bringing in additional concessions uh, into the airport. We'd like to bring in additional services such as valet parking, maybe even valet rental car return. So there's a lot of things that we want to do to stay at the forefront of, you know, being a very convenient and customer-friendly airport. You know, we were just recently named the, the number three best airport in the country by Condé Nast uh, in their reader's poll. And we really think that's a result of all of the effort we have put into the terminal and will continue to put into the terminal going forward to enhance that customer service level. 
What destinations would Bradley like to add in the near future? Well, there's a number uh, of destinations. I think uh, by far and away, the number one city that we're after is Seattle. Uh, you know, there's some obvious business connectivity there uh, with the aerospace industry that exists in Seattle, as well as the aerospace uh, industry in this region. Uh, but it's also a great one-stop connection for us into Asia. And we think that's very important to continue to enhance those one-stop connections. You know, as you know, we already have a service in L.A. and San Francisco that provides some of that. But Seattle would really round that out for us. Uh, but we're also uh, chasing Phoenix. Phoenix is a very important market, uh, equally important business versus leisure. Uh, there's a lot of folks that have second homes in that part of the country that are looking for that direct connectivity. Uh, so we feel we can generate some significant numbers into that Phoenix market. But cities such as Milwaukee, Austin, Texas, Nashville, and Jacksonville are also very important to us. And, you know, I, I get frequently asked, well, how do you decide which of those cities are the, the important ones to you? Uh, we have a lot of data that's available to us. Uh, we refer to it as zip code data. Uh, we know by zip code where people are flying to and what airports they're using to get there. And that's what really starts to frame, you know, our requests to the airlines and the pitches we make to the airlines uh, to bring these services in. So we rank these cities based on where we see that demand is coming from. You know, in a lot of respects, it also depends on, you know, how a particular airline would feel about that city. For example, Phoenix, our logical contenders for that service would be Southwest and American, just because of the size of operation they already have in Phoenix. You know, a Seattle location, for example, that would either be a Delta or an Alaska Air, right? Alaska isn't operating at the airport today, so that makes it a little bit more difficult uh, to convince that airline to start the service. So, uh, but we do put a lot of research uh, into this thing and we collect a lot of data. But what's extremely important to us is the relationship we have with the business community to tell us all of those intangibles that don't exist uh, readily or, or not readily apparent in the data. For example, uh, it's great when we learn that a particular company has a satellite location in a particular city, and we can aggregate that with other business information that we're getting, size of budget, budget uh, a number of trips to that particular destination. That's great information for us to have and to present to an airline. Um, we're also not ignoring the international front. Uh, international service uh, is a very, very important market. It's an emerging market for us. Um, you know, as I'm sure you're aware, we have Aer Lingus service uh, that gives us that transatlantic connectivity. And I always point out with the Aer Lingus service, it's far more than just service into Dublin. That's connectivity to all of Europe. So we do urge our business travelers and our leisure travelers as well, when you're considering transatlantic travel, consider this Aer Lingus flight. Because nine times out of 10, if you're flying to a destination in Europe, you're probably going to connect through Heathrow. Why not connect through Dublin? Much more convenient connection point as compared to a Heathrow. Uh, and I can tell you, I've personally done it uh, a number of times now. Very, very easy connections uh, in Dublin. So our flight uh, that leaves from Bradley is tied into 26 European cities, meaning that within a very reasonable time of landing in Dublin, you can connect to 26 other destinations in Europe almost seamlessly. So... Uh, we, we urge people to, to look at that. But Aer Lingus has now been with us uh, for two years. Very, very successful service, uh, particularly when you look at the uh, spring and summer months. Uh, the load factor on that flight is frequently over 90%. 
Uh, 90% is usually the time when you start, you know, asking an airline to consider a second flight uh, into that destination. Uh, so we feel it's going very well. Uh, we were just able to convince Aer Lingus to sign up for at least another four years uh, at Bradley. So that's a good sign to lock that in. So we do think, um, you know, we have the opportunity now to start talking to some other carriers. You know, we want to be cautious about that. We want to make sure that this Aer Lingus service remains successful. Uh, but, you know, by far and away, the number one city to get nonstop service that's on our radar is London. We think London would be extremely successful if we could convince a carrier to do that on a nonstop basis. You're listening to Face Connecticut. We are talking to Kevin Dillon, Executive Director of the Connecticut Airport Authority. And coming up in March, in fact, there's going to be some new service launching from Windsor Locks. Absolutely. We uh, were just able to convince Frontier uh, to start service again. They're going to start off with Denver service, uh, but they're also uh, going to be adding Raleigh, Durham, uh, and Orlando as they get further into the year. So it's nice to get Frontier back to the airport. They really round out our menu of low uh, fare carriers, right? Ultra low fare carriers. You know, people look at Southwest and JetBlue as low fare carriers, and they certainly are, and they do a great job. But there's a whole new set of carriers emerging, ultra low fare carriers, where it's kind of menu driven, right? If you just want to buy a seat, uh, you can get a very, very low priced fare. If you want to buy a seat and bring some baggage, you pay a little bit more. So they offer a menu uh, of services. Uh, currently, we have Spirit Airlines as our ultra low fare carrier. Frontier now will add some competition uh, to that market. Uh, we also have a new carrier um, called uh, uh, Via Airlines, Via Airlines, uh, that's going to be starting service to Pittsburgh this July. Uh, so that's an exciting addition for us to make sure that we have that nonstop connection to Pittsburgh. You know, when you look at that city, very, very important. Uh, for example, uh, Cigna uh, has a, a major operation in Pittsburgh where uh, they send people back and forth uh, all the time. We certainly want to be able to accommodate our business partners with services like that. One of the things that also ha- has been discussed, and this is in the preliminary stages from what I understand, possible name change for the airport. What is behind that? Well, you know, it's it's interesting, and, and we have not committed to any particular direction uh, in this regard. But as we've gotten into the international service in particular, uh, we find that, you know, folks are challenged as we try to market the airport in geographically identifying exactly where Bradley Airport is. And when you think it through, most airports uh, in the country are identified by a geographic location, right? So it is something we're probably going to take a look at, whether or not there should be a geographic identifier uh, in the name. Now, we want to be very cautious with that. We want to be very respectful of our veterans groups. Uh, A lot of folks don't realize that Bradley Airport is named after Eugene Bradley, who was a World War II flyer uh, who unfortunately was killed uh, at the airport. So we want to be very respectful uh, of the Bradley name and, and that legacy. And certainly want to be very respectful uh, to the contribution, you know, our veterans make every day uh, to this country. So, as I said, we don't have a definitive direction on that. It's something that's emerging. Uh, It's something that's uh, under some preliminary discussion with our board. Uh, Probably later this year, we'll make some decisions whether or not we think it's something that's uh, worthwhile for us to pursue. But we don't have any definitive direction on what a new name could be uh, at, at this point. Talk about the airport authorities, other airports in addition to Bradley. Yeah, um, we uh, as the Connecticut Airport Authority uh, operate uh, six airports. We operate Bradley and then five general aviation airports. And 
Uh, those are Groton, New London, uh, Hartford Brainerd, uh, Wyndham, Danielson, and then Waterbury, Oxford. And each one of those airports plays somewhat of a unique role uh, in the airport system here uh, in Connecticut. In fact, uh, Groton, New London uh, is the other Part 139 airport that we operate. Part 139 refers to uh, FAA regulation uh, that allows an airport that has a Part 139 certificate to accommodate commercial service. Uh, so that is something that we're desirous of to try to restore commercial service back to Groton, New London. Right now, there's a very healthy um, uh, corporate base uh, down there, as well as general aviation base. Uh, Hartford Brainerd, uh, very similar, uh, has a, uh, a corporate component to it, as well as a general aviation component. We think we can do a lot more at Hartford Brainerd. It has a very unique geographic location. There's not too many cities that have an airport right on its front door. So Hartford Brainerd is located right next to uh, downtown Hartford. So we think we can really exploit uh, that strength. You know, when you look at Wyndham and Danielson, they're almost exclusively focused on general aviation. Uh, some may refer that to that as privately owned or recreational flying, but also a very important component uh, of uh, aviation activity here in the state. And then we have Waterbury Oxford. And Waterbury Oxford has become a very, very successful airport. Uh, we've been able to attract a lot of uh, activity out of New York. Um, for a, a long time, there's been tax benefits that Connecticut enjoyed that didn't exist in New York that uh, drove a lot of that aviation activity over to Waterbury Oxford. And as a result, we've developed a, a very, very good uh, corporate presence at that airport uh, to the extent that we just recently invested $32 million uh, in restructuring and reconstructing uh, the runway out at Waterbury, Oxford. We see a very, very bright, bright future for that airport. And in fact, we're actually trying to bring U.S. customs presence there so that the airport can handle um, corporate flights that are coming from outside the country. Is there any potential for a, a partnership or acquisition of Tweed New Haven? That is something that's um, been discussed uh, throughout the years. I think just recently, those conversations have started to heat up uh, again. I think um, you know what's important is really the coordination of activities here in the state. You know, I was just recently fortunate enough to uh, be the co-chair of Governor Lamont's uh, transition team for transportation, and the subject of aviation, airports, and coordination in the state uh, got a lot of attention uh, in those uh, committee discussions. So, first and foremost, what we're after as the Connecticut Airport Authority is to make sure that all activities in the state, uh, as it relates to the aviation system, are coordinated. We don't want to be doing things at Bradley Airport that harm the development potential of Tweed, and we don't want to see that in the opposite as well. We don't want to see Tweed uh, doing things that would be hurtful uh, to Bradley Airport. So, uh, we are in conversations right now um, with the city and with the Tweed New Haven Airport Authority to discuss how is that coordination best carried out? Is that, you know, simply that we just talk a lot more about what our plans and activities are, or do we enter into an operating agreement and actually operate the airport on behalf of the city of New Haven, or is there a potential acquisition of the airport in our future? Uh, so that remains to be seen. I think it's very early in those conversations, so it's difficult to say which direction that will go. Uh, but I think it's also important to point out that there's another significant Part 139 airport in the state as well, and that's Sikorsky Bridgeport. 
right? And I think um, we want to see Sikorsky uh, develop as well. We think there's a real opportunity for that airport considering the business base uh, that surrounds Sikorsky and where it is located geographically uh, in relation to that, you know, heavy business base as well as New York uh, and White Plains, where we feel there's a lot of activity that could be attracted into the state as well. He is Kevin Dillon, Executive Director of the Connecticut Airport Authority. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. Great to be with you. Thanks for listening to Face Connecticut. I'm Aaron Kupek. Enjoy the balance of your weekend. Face Connecticut is a production of the News and Public Affairs Department of WTIC Radio. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.